From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the internet, and your cabin in the woods. Welcome to uh, all of you listening down the line on one of our affiliate stations, 38 of you now across North America, and of course, those of you who take the show with you wherever you go on the Conspiracy Show app, really the best uh, radio apps out there, I think. All of you who uh, check us out on the the YouTube channel, no YouTube live stream tonight. However, the audio will be posted to the YouTube channel in the coming days. Uh, so however and wherever you're listening or watching, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes and I thank you for your fine company. All right, my good rockabilly friend, Ian Robertson is uh, with me on the other side of the glass. Albert and Ryan are off pretty much for the month, taking a well-deserved uh, holiday. I couldn't do the show without them, so they need a break. Dr. Paul Williams, who is the co-author of The Killing of Uncle Sam, The Demise of the United States of America. And uh, Paul is a, a journalist, the author of 15 books, including Among the Ruins, The Decline and Fall of the Roman Catholic Church, Crescent Moon Rising, The Islamic Transformation of America, The Unholy Alliance Between the Vatican, the CIA, and the Mafia. Uh, Incidentally, that is being made into a movie series for AMC Network. Paul is the winner of three first-place Keystone Press Awards and has has written articles for major news outlets, including USA Today, The Wall Street Journal, Newsmax, The Counter-Terrorist, and National Review. He holds a PhD in philosophical theology from Drew University in his head and has served as a consultant on organized crime and international terrorism for the FBI and an adjunct professor of theology, humanities, and philosophy. Incidentally, uh, the website, if you uh, are interested in learning more about the book, is www.killingunclesambook.com. Uh, Paul, welcome back to Hour 2 here on The Conspiracy Show. So, well, it's, uh, it's, it's, it seems like I never left you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we spent a lot of time talking about uh, sort of laying the groundwork. We talked about in Hour 1, uh, Cecil Rhodes and the Secret Roundtable uh, Society and this quest uh, really to extend the British Empire to the entire globe over all of humanity to control all of the resources. Africa, of course, was a jewel uh, that they wanted. And then, of course, they wanted to take the colony back, the United States of America, which they lost under King George uh, back in 1776. And, and uh, that quest began with uh, the formation of this, uh, uh, the Pilgrim, uh, was it the Pilgrim Society? Yes. Uh, and who met at the Waldorf Astoria, and these were all the big mucky mucks, the elite of the elite. I mean, the 1% of the 1% we're talking about, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, the Morgans. Uh, they decided if you want to control uh, a country, you need to control uh, the money. And so they created, of course, the Federal Reserve on Jekyll Island uh, rather surreptitiously back in 1913. And um, they also then moved into controlling education through these endowments, uh, uh, the Ford Endowment, for example, and, and uh, the Carnegie uh, Group, and all of these that funded the schools to the tune of 20%. They wrote the textbooks. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we're telling tales out of school, so to speak, to suggest that, uh, you know, a, a diploma ain't what it used to be. So there has been this sort of homogenization, standardization, uh, a dumbing down. And, um, I mean, because I, I, I'm thinking you want a, you want a pliable, 
you want a compliant populace. You want you don't want you know uh, heretical thinkers and people who are going to say, "Hey, the emperor has new clothes." You want to train people to stack boxes, essentially. Right, and you do you, you do not want uh, professors in your universities and uh, colleges and teachers in your high schools. Uh, teaching anything contrary to uh, what should be and what should be mandated to be to be taught. Well, so so what do we have? We have now in the universities. We have certainly radical progressive uh, professors who are, I would say, by and large, you would ca- you would characterize them as being cultural Marxists. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they're certainly you know. Um, uh, not, not sort of towing the party line, are they? I mean, or what well, is the party well, line? Well, do you know what? In, in, in 2011, there was a study undertaken of, of the United States undergraduate students, and they realized that uh, most, undergraduate, most students who graduated from colleges in the United States had uh, received a degree without reading 20 pages of writing. Uh, a third of the students, uh, 45% of them, uh, it showed no improvement in critical thinking from the day that they set foot on on their college campus to the day they graduated. Uh, another study showed that uh, uh, that twenty five percent of the uh, of America's graduates uh, were uh, were reading on a on a on a third and fourth grade level. Compared to forty other uh, modernized countries, the United States ranked seventeenth in literacy, seventeenth in math. 21st in science. I mean, you know, it's ridiculous. Right, it's just right. complete. I saw it myself. It, it, in, in the schools I taught, they used to segregate. Uh, the, when I first graduated from college, I taught in Abington Heights in Clark Summit, Pennsylvania. And they used to put the, the brightest of the bright with, the, with, with fellow bright students, uh, uh, average students with average students, and slow students with so, slow students. Now, this, this sounds right now outrageous, but that's the way uh, the educational system in the United States worked. And they, the bright students challenged themselves, and they got brighter. And uh, the average students uh, got better. And, uh, but what happened was, right now, uh, because of, of, of legislation called No Child Left Behind, you have to have the, uh, the slowest of the slow students in with the brightest of the brightest. So somebody teaching there has to direct everything to the lowest common element in the classroom, which, of course, creates a real dumbing down, and that's what we're seeing right now uh, throughout the United States. But it's by design. Once again, the foundations are demanding that, and they control the, fed, the, uh, the educational system. But back, so back to the, uh, the radicalization uh, on college campuses. I mean, back in the 60s... It was all funded by the Rockefellers... Uh, during the 1960s, all funded. Right. I mean, back all in the 60s, funded. though, at least back in the 60s, you had you had students marching for more free speech. You had students marching for, you know, more liberty, more protection against privacy. Uh, and now they're marching against free speech. You, we have cohorts, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of students being churned out who hate capitalism, who hate the First Amendment, uh, you know, who, who hate Western civilization. Well, they're, they're all being conditioned. They have been conditioned, and they really don't know what is taking place. They don't know anything about uh, we're, talk, we're talking about the monetary system. Not, 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 not a damn thing about it. They know nothing about uh, the way that their schools are, are being controlled. 
they, they know nothing about the false flag attacks that have been brought us into war after war after war. They know nothing about what's, what, what's really taking place in the country. If you even talk to them, if you, and once again, I, I taught college for, for years and years and years. You know, uh, How did you survive? Great. How did you survive? In the- I, I had to get out of it. it, was, it, it look, at, I, 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 it, it, some of my, my students, I, I, I became, toward the end, the, the dean of a college that I was teaching at used to just pass the students that I failed. Right. But, I mean, with your, with your views and your perspective, you would need armed guards to walk onto a college campus today. Oh, man. I mean, well, I, I felt sorry for them. You know, I, I received a great education, a wonderful education, and I came from a very poor family. I mean, my father was a thread salesman. But, you know, I, 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 I was a good student. I got a, a full scholarship. I, got, I received a great education in the United States. You know, I, I've got a background. I, I, my Ph.D. was in Latin. Now, I mean, who writes a Ph.D. in Latin these days? I mean, people don't even, you couldn't even begin to. I mean, but in those days, believe me, it was an extraordinary. It was not an extraordinary fact, you know, feat. Right. Um, Everyone that went to graduate school when when I was at at, 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 at Drew University, for instance, where I, I studied, there were only three there were three people in uh, my division. That's it. Wow. Three students. And that's all they took. I want to talk about. I want to dial things back now. Uh, so get better, gooder. I don't want to talk about myself. <laughs> no, no, no. It's this is all very uh, important Let's stuff. Let's go back. We talked. We talked about the way that this cartel was formed at the Pilgrim Society. Yes. The way they took over the economy. The way they took over the educational system. There's one thing I'd like to, if I could, lead right into this. Yes, please. They took over the State Department. Uh-huh. That was an important thing. What happened was after World War One, they brought us into World War One. For, and this is this is what's wonderful, Richard. If you talk to people in Canada, the United States, Britain, France, Germany, throughout the world, what caused World War One? Nobody. Well, Look, officially, we're told or taught that the German Navy was building up, and that this was perceived as a threat to uh, to Great Britain. Well, uh, that's true. Yeah, that is true. It, it was all about money. People think art, the, the, the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. All the, right. No, no, no. It was the fact that the, that, the, that the British control of natural resources was being threatened by Germany. That, exact, you're exactly right. And that was World War. But, and look, at it was hugely profitable. It created the industrial military complex. It, it was highly profitable for the Morgans and uh, and for uh, Rockefeller. It brought, as a matter of fact, it brought it, it created uh, it created new technology with oil. World sure. War One. Sure. You know, I, before then, everything re- was was run by coal. And uh, World War One. You know, the the British fleet was com- by the end of the war completely uh, operating. You know, using oil. So it, it brought about huge changes, huge enrichment for the for the Rockefellers. At the end of World War One, they wanted to create a League of Nations that failed. When that failed, what happened here in the United States is the Morgans, the Pilgrim Society, the same bloody players, Richard. This is it's the, the, the players don't change. The same Pilgrims that they created the society in 1903. They created the Council on Foreign Relations in 1920. And what happened with the Council on Foreign Relations is this, that it was formed just like the Secret Society, a, a, a circle within a circle within a circle within a circle, a private secret society, Council on Foreign Relations, no minutes, uh, 
uh, no records ever disclosed. Uh, even, even their membership rules now are, are withheld from from uh, from the public. But this one group, controlled by the Morgans and controlled by the Rockefellers, and totally, uh, they they uh, they they start to develop study groups funded by the foundations. And these study groups start to outline what this, the policy of the United States should be foreign and domestic. Right, and all their members end up being in the in, in the yeah, exactly. administration. At the time of Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Right, right. Get and this: every just... Secretary of State that we have had in the United States came from the Constitution. Every single one, and every Under Secretary of State. The entire State Department was is and not is controlled by the Council on Foreign Relations. People right now will say, oh, no, you're wrong, Paul, because Rex Tillerson's not a member of the Council. That's bullcrap. Rex Tillerson was a member and is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. He was a president of Exxon. Exxon is a leading member of the Council. Then they'll say, oh, no, Pompeo. We have now Pompeo. No, Pompeo's aviation group is a prime member of the Council. They're all controlled by the Council on Foreign Relations. That's our State Department, which controls our foreign policy and our domestic policy. What about Zbigniew Brzezinski? Uh, was he start, total CFR? And he started the Trilateral Commission, didn't he? he well, uh, with David Rockefeller. Mm. Don't forget David Rockefeller funded right. all that. David Rockefeller funded the right. United Nations. David Rockefeller funded all these things. It all roads, leads back to David Rockefeller. We'll take another time out. The Killing of Uncle Sam. Paul Williams, stay with us. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back to our uh, our two-hour special with uh, Dr. Paul L. Williams, the co-author of The Killing of Uncle Sam, The Demise of the United States of America. Uh, the, uh, the other author is Rodney Howard Brown, not with us tonight, but we are happy, delighted to be with Paul. And uh, we are covering a lot of ground. We've been talking about the Council on Foreign Relations. So the, the State Department taken over um, very, very early on. Now, would it be fair to say that the executive branch was taken over in November of 1963? I would say the, uh, no, I would say that, that, uh, 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 that the executive branch was taken over uh, in 1932. With FDR? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, in- he, was total, he was totally groomed by uh, the Morgans and the, and the Rockefellers. Totally, totally. Uh, from you know, from day one, he's the one that confiscated the gold. He's the one that brought in these uh, the, the big government programs. Uh, he's the one that uh, that brought it. That really lured us, uh, it, and we had no business being in World War II. Lured us in there to to further the the interest of the this this cartel. Uh, it, it, people say, oh well, we had to fight Adolf Hitler, uh, and you know we we ought to fight for the for the, we had to fight against the bad guy. Yeah. That that really makes a lot of sense because we were allied with Joseph Stalin, and uh, compared to uh, Hitler, uh, Hitler compared to Stalin looked like a piker. Uh, Hitler killed uh, t- t- ten million. Uh, Stalin killed a hundred million. 
so uh, yeah, but so but in any case, that's but at, what happened at, during after World War Two. This is important too. The the this, the same cartel through, created the United Nations through the Council on Foreign Relations, and the United Nations we we formed a treaty. The federal government did our federal government with uh, the a, a treaty between a country and an organization. I mean, Richard, it doesn't make sense. You can't have a treaty between an organization and a country. I'm sorry. Right, you can have right. between a country and a country. But we have a, we have a bloody treaty with an organization. And in accordance with that treaty, we have been brought into war. Right. We have been brought right. into war. I mean, it's and under, 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 uh, uh, under foreign leadership. Uh, but in any case, they created the, the United Nations. Uh, after the, well, along with the United Nations, the same cartel created something called the World Bank. And the International Monetary Fund. Right. The American people don't understand this. It's all controlled. Do, do, do you understand the way that the World Bank works? The World Bank to 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 developing countries and countries in need provides loans, billions of dollars in loans. All the loans, which are guaranteed by the federal government, by the way, uh, come from Chase Manhattan, Morgan Stanley. All, the same members of this money cartel, all the money comes from them. And the, very, the first stipulation of the loan is that they're paid back first. And, the way, the, the, and, if, they're not paid, and, and if they're not paid back entirely, and the, the, the demands are outrageous, what happens is the, the Rockefellers and the Morgans and the Rothschilds uh, can confiscate the natural resources right. of the countries that they loaned money to. Right, it's a fire That's sale. Throughout Africa, uh, the, the, the Rockefellers and are, are now controlling, and the Rothschilds, the water supplies of different, not only the water supplies, but taking the land, and taking the land and putting people in, 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 in repopulating the people in different areas. Right. They're taking all of the natural resources. They're raping and pillaging because these countries that are receiving loans from the World Bank can't repay them. It's happened time and time and time again throughout South America. It's happening time and time again throughout uh, th- throughout Africa. It's happening throughout uh, Southeast Asia. That these these bastards are taking from from the people their only their their only source of wealth. They're re- they're, they're, they're 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 taking up populations and resettling them in the camps in camps, and we're allowing that. And this is once again, this is so you wonder why people in South America right now, or people in Africa, or people in Southeast Asia hate America, hate the United States. Well, do you know why? Because the, they 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 associate the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund with the United States. Right, but this the, these these groups and these people are are ultranational. They're above. I mean, oh yeah! Th- this oh, is yeah. not it's the United to, States. I mean, right, I happen. People I, don't matter, right? And, to, and another thing to bring their aid to 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 seize natural resources, they have brought the United States into war after war after war for no reason, right? I because, mean, and they say, "Oh, you have to. Sub- we have to support the military and say, oh, we're proud of your service.' No, no, no! You should never go into the United States military right now because you're not serving the interests of the United States. You're serving the interests of a money cartel." I, I want to, uh, the money cartel right now in Libya. The money cartel right now is interested in taking over Syria. Yes. The money cartel that's that's interested right now in 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 uh, in, in taking over the natural resources uh, throughout Central Asia. 
Oh, please. I want to. I want to make a couple of points here, though. One is what I. I think of the U.S. Constitution. I mean, I. I think that's one of the most important documents. I think it's a shining light. I think the idea of the United States of America, this experiment, this grand experiment, uh, is a beautiful thing. Uh, I, I think it has been, you know, taken away from the people. But I think the United States of America, the people of the United States, the idea of the United States is a force for good in the world. Wouldn't you agree with that? Well, I, 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 look, I, in, in terms of the founding fathers of the United States, in, in, form, in, in terms of, of what America was supposed to be, uh, yeah, Richard, I agree. In terms right now of what we're doing, no. I mean, right now what we, have, what we are doing is we are allowing a money cartel to take us into war after war after war, killing, killing millions and millions and millions of civilians for no reason except greed. Uh, I, I mean, there's, it, it's, it's to, using weapons of mass destruction on, on a scale on, you know, that, 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 that nobody could even imagine. George Orwell couldn't imagine. Dropping, even, even in Iraq, dropping nuclear weapons. I mean, please, in Afghanistan, nuke, nuking them. And nobody's writing about it. Dropping white phosphorus on, on civilian... No, 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 no. This is not what the people in the Constitution, uh, that wrote the Constitution, were thinking about. These are not what the Founding Fathers were thinking about. Uh, this is not Thomas Jefferson. This is exactly what they warned us against. And yet right now we're brought into war after war after war, and com- we are committing atrocities. You know, right now the CIA is toppling governments throughout the world. We've done it throughout Latin America under Operation Condor. We've done that. We've toppled the, go- the government in Turkey two or three times, in Greece the same way. In Italy we got rid of uh, Aldo Moro. We have toppled the government. And now people are saying, oh, the Russians are interfering with our with our, our election process. Right, I mean, please, right. open up, realize what we're doing and what we continue to do. And the CIA, once again, is not beholding to the federal government. The CIA is not answerable. The CIA is not answerable to Congress. It's not answerable to anyone. It's, uh, it, it's, only, it's not answerable to anyone. And the CIA is funded, thanks to the money cartel, almost totally through the heroin industry. This is all fact. And yet the American, we, we know, Richard, we, I, we cannot, I cannot say right now, in my country, as a man who grew up here and loved the United States, that America remains a shining light or a shining example. No, no, America has to, re, really, we have to get back and, and, and realize what we are supposed to be, and we have to take steps to restore our government. Every once in I mean, a while, a president comes along that's not reading off the the script of course you know we had uh abraham lincoln uh who who was trying to uh revoke the uh the, the charter for the for the central bank at that time correct the, right uh we had of course kennedy kennedy right trying one to, to mint our own money trying to do the same thing which you know and both of course shot in the head in public which sends a clear signal um what about nixon i mean because I look at oh, Watergate. I, I look I, at Watergate in many ways as sort of a more sophisticated method of assassination. Well, that, yeah, but Nixon, uh, I grew up as a conservative. 
uh, I, I wrote for National Review, as you as you mentioned before. I was a bona fide. I, I was on Fox News a gazillion times, bona fide conservative. But Richard Nixon did some atrocious things. What he did with the trade status with China, for instance, right yes, now. Yes, I agree. Taking a dollar throughout the world off the gold standard. I mean, you know, I mean, he committed what he did in Vietnam. I mean, they're, they're atrocities, really, really atrocities. Oh, I, I agree. that I don't think he was a great president. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, though, that when you have a president who doesn't, he's not doing exactly what he's told to do. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Then, absolutely. And, and rather than, uh, I mean, you know, I think the, the powers that be are getting a little more sophisticated in their methods. They don't use assassination anymore. Uh, they use they use scandal and blackmail they, and they uh, use Robert uh, Mueller, Robert and, Mueller. Uh, and people like that. Yeah, right. So, do you think that's what happened to Nixon? And if so, where do you think he went wrong in their minds? Why do you think they decided? I'm not sure that that happened to uh, you know. I, I, I okay. I, I never did. You know, I, 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 I was a fan of his when when when. Uh, but uh, I, I, from what I I see and what what Nixon was doing in. In China, for instance, with Kissinger, Kissinger was, of course, CFR, you know, up to his eyeballs. And, and Nixon was surrounded with CFR people. I think people just didn't like him. I mean, the, you know, they, they control the press, but I can't see how he really ticked off David Rockefeller to the, to the extent that, you know, they... That right. I think that, that, that they're probably, probably... It didn't matter. Look, at the president doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter that much. You know, uh, it didn't matter whether uh, Nixon was in there or Ford or Carter or Reagan. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter. What the about policy's the same? They still control the State Department, right? What about they still control the economy? What they about still control of the educational system? There's this there's this legendary story, and I, I don't know if it's true. I want to run it by you. That in the early '90s, uh, William Jefferson Clinton, then governor of a rather obscure state, let's face it. I think he was probably making about $48,000 a year as governor of Arkansas. No offense to the, the people of Arkansas. I'm just saying it's not, it's not one of the major you know, states that we think of. Uh, and so he shows, he's invited to a Bilderberg meeting where he meets David Rockefeller, who proceeds to give him sort of a master's class in how things are supposed to work and the globalization and so forth. He asks Clinton, do you agree with this? Clinton re- responds in the affirmative, uh, and to which uh, uh, Rockefeller extends his hand and says, "Thank you very much. Congratulations, Mr. President." I, I think Richard, it goes. No, I, I think the people who who are perpetuating that are unaware that William Jefferson Clinton was, a, first of all, a Rhodes Scholar. So he was taken into that. Every Rhodes Scholar is taking in. You know, I mean, that's part of the uh, the Rhodes Society. Sure. Sure. To, to perpetuate the uh, the oh, oh no, I'm not discounting the fact that he was brilliant. He is he is a brilliant man. No, no, man. no. I'm yeah. not saying brilliant. Yeah, he was a Rhodes Scholar. That means that he was t- that, that that from the very beginning he was groomed for something. Right. And then uh, the the fact that when he was a governor of Arkansas, uh, drugs were running through his his country, uh, or through his state, excuse me, through Arkansas, like at, at Mena, the airport at Mena. And I mean, he was all part of the system from the from the get go. Right, but I'm saying he was anointed at Bilderberg. Is that? He, I think he was anointed when he when he became a Rhodes a Rhodes Scholar. Ah, and any truth to the, uh, the 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 fable, the legend, or maybe it's fact that he was a, 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 an illegitimate son of one of the Rockefellers? Ah! <laughs> uh, well, 
you know, he's, uh, he doesn't have that sharp Rockefeller nose. Take a look at the uh, the schnoz on uh, David <laughs> Rockefeller and right. William Jefferson Clinton. I, right. I, I don't know. I, I keep hearing, you know, he's the, you, you know, let's face it, Richard, we've, we've heard so many things about the, you know, uh, the heritage of certain people. For instance, of the Bushes, Barbara Bush, you know, uh, her mother was, uh, her, the Barbara Bush was the daughter of, uh, of uh, that great Satanist, uh, Alistair Crawley. Oh, I haven't heard that. Listen, i got to take a time out here. We'll come back. i got to pick up on that one. The Killing of Uncle Sam, Paul L. Williams, here on The Conspiracy Show. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sapp. We are back with... Dr. Paul Williams, co-author of The Killing of Uncle Sam. Now, uh, wow, what a cliffhanger. Just before the break, he laid a big one on us. The late Barbara... Well, I'd love to have another show on that one, Richard. You want me to talk about... about... Just briefly, the late Barbara Bush... Uh, oh, was a come dis- on. A dis- you don't know this? A descendant of Aleister Crowley? I did not no, know that. Were... I did not know oh. that. Am I disappointing you? I didn't know that. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm here to talk about The Killing of Uncle Sam, but if you want me to... Look, at such such... Since we're on, on the conspiracy uh, uh, show, I guess I, I, I just a couple I, I minutes. Should. I can't leave that out there hanging. Uh, <laughs> well, Alistair, what happened was Barbara Bush's uh, mother, okay, uh, was 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 an heiress who was married to the owner and the editor of uh, two major magazines in the United States. I think one was McCall's. And I forget what the other one was. But her, her mother, who was a libertine, her name was Pauline, left her husband during the uh, uh, 1918, 1920s, somewhere around there, and went to England without him. And she was a libertine. And she ended up living uh, with uh, a friend of hers who was living with Frank Harris, who was a pornographer, and Aleister Crowley. Mm. When she came, this is all true now. This, this you, you can substantiate. When uh, Barbara Bush's mother came back to the United States, she was pregnant, and she was uh, three months pregnant. And that during those three months, she had been, uh, she had been away from her husband, and she had been in Paris, living with Frank Harris and his mistress and our Alistair Crawley. Now the word the 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 the, the scuttlebutt from that is that the, the 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 offspring when she came back and let's face it it was it is very mysterious this I can't substantiate it, it her name was Pierce her real name was Barbara Pierce right, and she right. was married to McCall's and I'm trying to think of the other but she was a very very wealthy woman when she came back to her husband uh, she was pregnant and uh, the the baby was Barbara Bush right which would mean that. Uh, that, uh, if, if by extension, that uh, uh, George... George W. Uh, is the grandson or the... the grandson. Alistair Crowley. Uh, <laughs> Alistair Crowley, the great Why? Satanist, who, of course, was involved in you know, all, all types of things. These are things that you could pretty well substantiate on your own. All right, so... That, that's a to- topic of another... It is indeed. I, Pierce. All right. <laughs> the, uh, the, the progeny of... Oh, look at her. Yes. If you take a look at, at at Barbara Bush, she bears an uncanny resemblance to Aleister Crowley. Okay, I'll have to check I that mean, out. I mean, really, really uncanny. All right. Now we this is a short segment, so I want to start this conversation, then we'll uh, we'll run out of time, and then we'll continue it into our last block. But I want to okay. talk about 
uh, the man that uh, the mainstream media loves to hate, many on the left, even many on the right. Uh, and that would be the great disruptor, the 45th president, uh, Donald Trump. Now, some would say uh, that, uh, you know, you, you look around him, you mentioned uh, Pompeo and Tillerson before that, CFR. Is he really who he says he is? Is he, is he the disruptor? Is he trying, to, is he trying to, to break apart the deep state or is he part of it? venture a guess now? Sure, yeah. No we'll, start, no, we'll start the conversation now, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll carry it on after the break. <clears throat> I, I, my, the answer to that is, yamiznayu in Russian. I don't know. I, I really, really, truly don't know. He does a lot of things that, that, that lead me to believe that he is controlled by the money cartel, and yet he does uh, other things. I, I, I really, really, really can't answer that. The one thing that I do know is uh, the the, the things that point that he may not be under the control of the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers is that he's so reviled by the press yes. and that they control the press and That's they control great, the media. That's a great point. We've got to take a time out. I would say if you, you, know, if you want to understand who Trump is, look at the people who are aligned against him. It says a lot. The killing of Uncle Sam, the demise of the United States of America, more with Paul Williams on the other side, right here on The Conspiracy Show. an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sapp from Zuma Radio. We are back with Paul Williams. Final segment. Wow. Where has the two hours gone? This has uh, been fascinating. This is like a master's class in, in uh, the deep state. Uh, the Killing of Uncle Sam, and again, uh, that's available at Amazon, and the um, the website for the book is killingunclesambook.com, killingunclesambook.com. And uh, this, uh, yes. Richard, if yeah. I may interrupt, uh, all the proceeds from, I don't make a dime from the book, all the bo- proceeds go to the River School of Government so that students can be educated, really educated, in what's taking place and, and how, they can, how they can try to reverse things. And that, we should really talk about that for a bit. Yes. There are ways to reverse what, what has happened. Well, let, let's, let, let's talk about that, uh, for sure. Because, you know, you mentioned uh, this the school of government, governance. Uh, one of the things that irks me is uh, even, even uh, people who ought to know better, politicians, uh, constantly referring to the United States as a democracy. The founding fathers hated democracy. Yes, me too. They warned, they warned against it. It's, oh, yeah. It's the definition of the lynch mob, majority rule, yeah, it's yeah. tyranny of the majority. And, and I mean, the way that our, our, our that, that this republic is set up in the United States, I mean, they, people should be aware of that with the electoral college, and you know that no, this is was never 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 meant to be a democracy. Even even I mean, in, originally, only landowners could vote. Well, no, but the idea that that that, that um, the idea is a good one. I think that that uh, you you know the Congress shall pass no law, and then you have this you know long this laundry list of inalienable rights, uh, which of yeah. course have you know been trodden all over. But the idea again is what I'm talking about. The uh, idea, and, right? But imme- immediately you got to realize the Americans in my generation, and just a few years ago, willingly relinquished all their rights for the sake of security by acquiescing to the Patriot Act. Yes. And all these people who are 
uh, who are who are protesting and screaming on college campus. And you don't hear anything about that. Their rights, their bloody rights, have been taken away from them. I mean, come on. If you're going to protest anything, protest that. Right. Right. Yeah. Instead of protesting. Uh Oh, yeah. Freedom of speech. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. how anything that offends me is now hate speech and should be banned. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Or, so, yeah it's ridiculous. So how, well, let's, you, let's talk about that. How do we, I mean, it seems insurmountable. It almost seems like, uh, you know, the elites have everything locked down and there's, it's too late. Is it? The answer is it, it prob- there is hope, but the, the hope is only a ray of hope. Uh, for instance, the... the, the, the the American the people in the United States have to demand an audit of the Fed. They have to do that. Uh, the, the The United States has to produce, begin producing real money, not paper money, real money. What does that mean? Uh, money though, based uh, on a commodity. What does that mean to audit the Fed? What would that entail? Well, right now you realize that that uh, that, that, that that the Fed. Uh, that the Federal Reserve remains exempt from scrutiny by the Government Accountability Office, the GAO, uh, the investigative arm of Congress. They they don't they, they don't they don't disclose anything. Could that be changed by an executive order? That could be that could be exchanged. That could be rectified by an executive order. But uh, it, that's very easy because the Fed isn't really part of the government. Right. Right. Okay. That could be done. So, I mean, Rand Paul. And Ron Paul have been screaming about that for decades, and that that that, that only makes sense. Audit the bastards. What would, that, Come on. what would that mean to audit them? What would it? What would we learn? It would mean. Do you know what you would learn? You would you would learn that 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 much of the uh, of, of of the wealth of the United States has been stolen. Has been. Uh, you would you would learn who it, right now are the shareholders. Wouldn't you like to know who right now? The present shareholders, you don't, nobody knows that now, of the Fed are. We know who they were in the beginning, but who are they now? Right, right. Okay, so I mean, number one, audit. From the beginning, many, many foreign bankers owned shares in the Federal, well, who owns the shares in the Federal Reserve right now? Because they're, they're, they're controlling our, our economy. Right, right. So audit the Fed. Uh, audit the Fed. Restore. real money. Based, would you go to the gold standard? I would go. I would go on any commodity. You, you, any gold, any commodity in the world, even on heroin, I'd go on as long <laughs> as it's a commodity. Seriously, uh, Richard, I'm saying right now. It's look at right now. The money can be withdrawn, manufactured at whim, right. and therefore we can be tossed overnight into a recession, right. or we can benefit from a prosperity all because of a small group of international bankers. It's it's ridiculous. Okay, so out of the Fed, go back on, on the gold. Commodity. Go back on. It can't okay. be oil because oil is declining in value right now. Right. I, I don't know. It, how about not not only gold? If, if you how about electricity? Gold, iron ore. I don't care. How Make about electricity? How about electricity? <laughs> That's well. The problem with the there. Look at that. that that, make it look, even look, make it anything. Make it make it water. Okay, all right. No point taken. I don't want to. I don't want to belabor that point. I mean, but we can, you know, come up with any commodity. Sure. Okay, so back to a, a commodity-based currency. Uh, uh, yeah. Then what do we do? And then, then you, then, then once you, 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 we have to see. We have to take control. We have to stop endless war. Stop war can only be declared by an act of Congress. 
going back in 1965, when I was drafted, Richard, back in the day when you weren't even thought of yet, what happened was Lyndon Bain Johnson appeared on television, and he said, our fleet, the United States fleet, has just been attacked by the North Vietnamese. There are hundreds of dead sailors floating in the Gulf of Tonkin. We have to have military action immediately. So hundreds of thousands of, of, of us Yanks were, were drafted and sent to Vietnam, and it was all bullshit. The, the North Vietnamese never fired on our fleet, never did anything like that. There were no dead bodies of sailors. But we went in there and bombed the daylights out of Vietnam, went into a war. After that, you had George H.W. Bush saying, oh, guess what? Saddam Hussein has gone into Kosovo, and he's removing all these babies from incubators and throwing them on oh, the floors of Kuwait. the hospitals. Kuwait, he's worse yeah. than Adolf Hitler. Do you remember all this stuff? You, uh, yeah, yeah oh, I just want to, correct, I want to correct you. You said Kosovo. You meant Kuwait. Uh, but, yeah, no, I... Oh, I, I, I that's all right. Quit. Yeah, That's I'm right. thinking of Kosovo because Kosovo is another one. There you have you have Clinton saying, "Oh, in Kosovo, these uh, uh, Christian Serbs are are massacring the ethnic Albanians and at Rasak. There there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of of ethnic Albanians buried in mass. It's all crap. We bombed the daylights out of Kosovo. Then you had uh, George W. Bush saying, "Oh, guess what." Uh, Saddam Hussein is developing ma- weapons of ma- mass destruction. We have to bomb the crap out of him. Then you had uh, Barack Gaddafi. insane Obama saying that uh, in in Libya right now, uh, Gaddafi is turning the guns on his own people. He's going to slaughter all lies. So we go into war. We bomb the deal. Stop it. Stop it. Right. Right. But don't you let me just ask you as only and it's only to further the 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 interest of the money cartel who remain fixated, by the way, on on the the vast resources, reserves of natural gas and oil and and, and the and and the basin of the Caspian Sea. But that's a different matter. Okay, you, you stop endless war. Do you know what else you do? You stop university funding. Harvard, Princeton, Yale, Drew were graduate. They don't need money. They do not need money. Okay? Stop it. A lot of these schools that exist solely on federal funds aren't producing degrees worth crap. And they're producing students who only graduate from um, United States colleges and universities with one thing, debt. Astronomical. Stop funding universities throughout the United States. That's, that's, That's a must, too. Uh, what will that accomplish? Impose tariffs. You know, the United States, before, it, 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 before the, the federal uh, income, income tax, graduated income tax, and the Federal Reserve came into being, existed by tariffs. We're the industrial hub of the world, okay? By that, the, the government can earn its own by imposing tariffs. Another thing you have to, and with that, you can you downsize the government. Right now in the United States, in, in, in 2000, uh, 27% of the Americans, America, uh, the United people of the United States, excuse me, made their living through industry. Now 27% make their living by working for the government. Let me ask you about tariffs here for a second. And, and, sure. uh, and that is, uh, the, the argument is, if you look at what free trade has done, yes, there's always winners and losers, but by and large, we are eradicating 
the worst of the poverty, abject poverty, at an incredible rate. And many people attribute that to free trade, or at least liberalized trade. How do you respond? Uh, that's not true. No? I mean, what, what, what free trade has, has brought is the exact reverse of that. It has brought about the globalization of poverty. The people in the United States right now are impoverished. Right now, the, the factories, the manufacturing of goods, have all gone to third world countries. Capital is fluid. The labor force is stationary. Our labor force is stationary. People in the United States right now are happy when they get a job for $15 an hour at a Walmart. That is not, that is poverty. They're living in poverty. They're, they're, they, they graduate from college and they're terrible debt. They increase their debt when they buy a house and buy a car when they have kids. They die, in, they die under reverse mortgages. Richard, what this has brought, what, what, what free trade has brought, and this is from Cecil Rhodes and Morgan, their number one principle was free trade has brought poverty. What about trade wars? How can, right, well, you see, the, the, the fact is, that's when we talked about Nixon. How could, how could anybody really, uh, if we really had a trade war, the United States, even at this point, would prevail? Sure, sure. But that, then people would say, well, but what why about... Do we care, why do we care about enriching China, who, by the way, you know, they, they don't buy our goods anyhow, or, or Germany? I mean, I, I, what about I, I, your I, I, friendly neighbors to the north, Paul? <laughs> well, that, that, that's that's. I, I think, that in all honesty, that's that's a legitimate question because we're more than that. We're brothers. That's different. That's different. I mean, they, they could, there can be a different. But 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 the, the fact is about uh, the, the the problem right now with with our friends up north. You, you know, you, you, I mean, your prime minister up there, and uh, you, you also have the problem of Quebec. Who uh, you know? I don't know. I don't know how you deal with them. I mean, they 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 can't stand the United States. They they, they think they're they, they can't stand Canadian. They can't stand uh, well uh, English Canadians. There, you know what? There's uh, there's certainly, and we've been through this several times with them. There is, though, there um, uh, an appreciation for their own culture, which I admire. You know, they they want to preserve their culture totally in their own language. Yeah, but yes. I mean, once again, I mean, hey, form form their own country. Well, if I always say if they go, I hope they'll take us with them. <laughs> Listen, we are out of time, but this has been an absolute uh, uh, joy and pleasure to have you on, Paul. Thank you so much for this. Again, The Killing of Uncle Sam, and that's available uh, at all, all good bookstores, Amazon. And people should use it in their classrooms. <laughs> that, that may be a bit of a pipe dream until, uh, until uh, things change, but let's, I agree, I agree. Uncle Sam book, killingunclesambook.com, killingunclesambook.com. Thank you so much, Paul. Right, thank you. All right, right. bye-bye. All right, that's it for me. My thanks to Ian Robertson. Back next week with Carl Gallup's Gods of Ground Zero. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.